think your song is how it feels. So when you turn up, you see them turning up too. You hit the next city, collect your money when it's What's good? Welcome to a brand new episode. We are at episode number seven of the DJ Dell's Patreon exclusive podcast. For the Patreon members only, if you are listening to this outside of Patreon, make sure to join and support patreon.com backslash D-J-D-E-L-Z. Patreon.com backslash D-J-Dells. I hope everyone's doing great out there. You may hear my dogs barking in the background like crazy. Someone's at the door. You may not. But um, first, I want to speak about J. Cole. He released a new album, and I've been listening to it for about 24 hours now. And I got to say, I'm digging it. I'm definitely digging it. It's getting a lot of mixed reviews, reactions on social media, on Twitter. Some people are saying the last album was better, and some people are loving it. It's either one or the other, you know. I feel like there's way too many people that are critics and not too many fans, you know, in this world, whether it's sneakers or in this case, music or whatever the case, everyone's a critic, everyone's a professional to whatever they're into, you know, there's not just fans, just take what is delivered your way and enjoy it, but everything has to be nitpicked and, you know, analyzed and whatnot. I mean, yes, I do review shoes and yes, I nitpick and yes, I analyze the shit, But, I mean, when I started doing all that sneaker review and shit, there wasn't that many people really doing it. Maybe at most five or six on YouTube. Yes, I'm showing my age, how long I've been on that. With music, I DJed hard body for a good decade of my life. I was traveling. I was in New York City cutting it up at some of the biggest clubs you can even think of. And... We always debated about hip-hop, but, I mean, it's not like now. It's like everyone is a damn professional of what shit is supposed to sound like. And instead of just listening to it and giving it a chance right away, it's either, oh, my God, this is an, an instant classic, or, ah, like the last album, or that, that. Everyone always is so quick to type something on Twitter, I feel like, um, as soon as someone has any opportunity to speak about anything, like absolutely anything, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, go to Snapchat, you know, whatever the case may be. It's just that social media is such an outlet for people to just talk that shit, you know? Me, personally, I'm not trying to convince people that you should like KOD, the new album from J. Cole, but I just find it interesting how quick of a response you can get off an album, like how quick you can actually say something negative about it without listening to it for at least 24 hours. Like, I'm not going to listen to an album once and be like, oh my God, this is amazing, this is fire. Like, honestly, most albums you got to listen to more than once before it really hits. You know, if it's if it hits so hard the first time, a lot of the times those albums don't last. It's just that it's got good energy. And uh, that's one thing about this KOD album is that it's very mellow throughout the whole album. I mean, the beats don't overpower J. Cole's lyrics, which is usually how it goes down with J. Cole. And that's what I like because he's an MC. You know, he's not one of the mumble raps. So just, just saying some mumble shit like 
J. Cole does ride some of the mumble rap kind of flows during a couple of the tracks. But, I mean, he's spitting that hot fire, man. Davon style, you know, that hot fire. <laughs> uh, K.O.D., by the way, stands for what he wrote on Twitter. Kids on Drugs. King overdosed and kill our demons. Then he writes, the rest of the album, I will leave for your interpretation. I personally like it so far. I really am digging it. If I'm listening to an album and it just keeps going on replay and replay on my iTunes, then I know that it's a good album because I'm vibing to it. I'm just, I'm not even realizing it's on repeat until I hear the first song halfway through and I'm like, Oh shit, I'm already listening to this twice. And oh, we're at five times now. You know, we're at ten times. I think that the amount of songs is perfect. I don't like albums that have way too many songs on it too. Because it kind of just... By the time you get over the whole album, it's like... You just go to the next album. That's how I always do. But if it's just enough records, I just am like... I'll let it repeat a couple of times. My favorite tracks of the album, I would say, I really love KOD, The Cutoff. I think The Cutoff is real dope. ATM, Motivation is sick. Window Pane is fire. And 1985 is really dope. I think he's shooting some shots at like some of the mumble rappers. And uh, what's his name? Little something. I think Little Peep or one of them little whatever. <laughs> I don't listen to a lot of the new mumble rap kind of guys like i don't really follow that you know i really don't you know maybe it's because i've gotten older i'm in my 30s so i'm just not into that wave but i do like what's current still at the same time i just can't get down with some of it you know some of it it's just uh it's not hidden right you know um it's more or less a hot beat with people just making sounds rhyming stupid lyrics just to go with the beat there's not much creativity to it i really really don't mind like takashi 69 i know a lot of people either love him or hate him i like the screaming the energy kind of reminds me of onyx except he's not that lyrical i'm not a huge fan of takashi 69 but i don't mind his music like when i hear it it's something like hype like i could you know run a mile with that shit playing or, you know, go to the gym with that. It's just got a good energy to it. And I like the voice. It sounds like, sounds like French Rose Star kind of, uh, I'm into that. I'm into Onyx. I love that group Onyx. Uh, you know, at one point they even mentioned to me, I've talked to Onyx. This is a long time ago. I remember being at the China club and I was hanging out with French Rose Star and Sticky Fingers and uh, they were looking for a new DJ and I didn't get it, but, uh, man, they were talking to me about it because I had the bald head. I, that's when I first started shaving my head. It was It was a good maybe eight, nine years ago. And they were about to go on tour again. And um, man, I just was like, that would be sick to go on tour with Onyx. That would have been fun. But that didn't go through. Uh, just random. Just remembering that now. But um, yeah, I like that kind of energy, you know. Getting back to J. Cole's album, I definitely recommend you taking a listen to it. And let me know if you listen to it in the comment box below. Let me know if you like it. If you don't like it, uh, please, if you don't like the music, say something. Whether you like it or not, it really doesn't bother me. I just wanted to speak about my opinion on it. Let's get into some Q&A. I'm trying, and then we'll float around. I got a few topics I want to speak about. 
and let's get to the Q&A as I open up my Patreon. And thank you for everyone that's a member of the show. I really love it. I really think it's awesome that we got this crew together. And I'm excited for the next giveaway, too. Shout out to Jumpman James, who won the last giveaway. And um, let's start off with Shinsei. He writes, Do I think that the Kobe 1 line will receive a general release? I would like to get a pair for ball, but I'm not sure where to find it. I, honestly, I don't think so. I think those are all going to be quick strikes whenever they release something like that, you know. But hopefully they eventually not make them so damn limited because it's pretty damn annoying because I wanted a pair of those too. Uh, Incognito, he writes, who is most likely to win the NBA Finals this year? I'm going to go with the Golden State Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to do it. That's my prediction. I said it in the beginning of the year, and I'm going to ride with it. Do I want them to win? Uh, not really. I don't really care for them to win or to lose, but um, I think they will win. We'll see. You know, with the Cavs, I don't know how that's going to play out. I wouldn't mind the Cavs winning. I wouldn't mind seeing the Celtics win. I really wouldn't mind seeing this New OKC team win, but that's how it's going down in my eyes. Golden State Warriors. And Jumpman James writes, Yeah, Dells, who do you got in the NBA Finals? And he writes, I'm a Jazz guy, and I think we'll take OKC in Game 6, tied 1-1. We'll see, we'll see. I mean, you know, I like seeing Melo and Paul George and Westbrook all together. I think it's fun to watch. But you just never know, man. Them Jazz may take them. It could happen. It definitely could happen. We'll see. Only time will tell. And with me, I just, I'm not invested in any team, not even in the Golden State Warriors. My time has been so limited lately. With the newborn, I got three kids now. It's crazy. Three is a lot. I never thought I'd have three children. I got, you know, a six and a seven-year-old, and then I have a newborn, and it's like, there's always something going on. Always. I got softball games, and I got this and that, doctor appointments, and then the whole situation with my wife. Just It's just so much. So I barely have any time to watch much. And uh, I've been trying to just catch up on some of my TV shows. The only show I watch as soon as it's live was The Walking Dead, which I'm a huge fan of The Walking Dead. I don't know if you guys really watch the show or not. Let me know if you watched The Walking Dead or Fear of the Walking Dead, the new season that just started. Morgan is a part of it. There got to be some of you guys that watch it. I was impressed with the first episode with Morgan in The Fear of the Walking Dead, and I loved the Walking Dead season finale. I'm not going to do any kind of spoilers or anything like that, but um, if you watched it, you'll know what I'm talking about with Patrick, that whole swerve. I thought that was insane, amazing writing. I mean, you know, they did a lot of things that I disagreed with as far as the writing this year, but I got to say that swerve with Patrick at the end, wow, I did not see that coming. So I was very pleased when you watch any kind of TV show, you want there to be that swerve where you don't see it coming and you get that wow factor. You know, whoa, <laughs> what? You know, that, that that is what we enjoy. So when you get that, it's just rewarding. You know, it's very rewarding as someone who's consistently watching a show and then it finally hits you and you get that payoff. That's what's the beauty of a TV show and uh 
and I gotta say, The Walking Dead, in my opinion, delivered it. But there are a lot of people that are very disappointed with the product now, The Walking Dead show. They don't like it. And um, if you ever want to talk more about that, shoot some questions my way. I, as I said, I don't know what you guys are into. I haven't seen much Walking Dead. I know you guys are into sneakers. I know you guys are into pro wrestling, WWE, and all that good stuff. Comic books and stuff like that. Marvel. Um, you know, we're going to get to know each other through this Patreon. The longer you're members, the more I get to know you folks, too. So I know more about you all, and I know even more of what to speak about and what not to speak about. So we're all just, you know, vibing. Next we got from Jumpman James. He writes, Jazz won't make it to the finals, though. That's for sure. Houston will probably win it all this year. I wouldn't be mad at that either if Houston won. Got to see um, James Harden with a ring. We'll see if James Harden is MVP this year or if it's going to be Russ again. Uh, I'm curious to hear your opinions on that. Who do you think is going to be in the end? Who do you think is going to be the MVP this year? If this is for all of you all. Leave that in the comment box below. Let me know what you think of all that. Also, Jumpman James writes, Always interested in what's around the corner in the sneaker game. Let me know what's on your mind for your next cop. Honestly, I have zero sneakers on my radar. I may pick up those Nike Air 270s. I got my girl a pair of them, and she loves them. She loves them so, so much, and I kind of want them now. They look dope on feet, and I seem like a lot of people wearing them when I go out, so I like how they look. That is a pair of shoes that I got my eye on. As far as anything else, that's really hype. Uh, not really. No Jordan retros I really got my eye on. I mean, those new Jordan ones that are coming out, that four-pack, they're kind of chill. I kind of like them. i only seen one so far, the Blue Moon colorway. And I will definitely try to review the other ones. I did review that one, so definitely check that out on my YouTube, youtube.com backslash The Sneaker Addict. The only reason why I'm plugging is because someone else may be listening that's new to everything that I'm doing. They may be overhearing this. You may be playing it for someone. So check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash The Sneaker Addict. Um, and once again, make sure you join that Patreon, patreon.com backslash DJ Dells. But yeah, I really don't have much on my radar. I'm trying to think if there is anything. Right now, there isn't any. There's those Jordan 3, the Katrinas. I may want to get those if they really are releasing. I'm pretty sure they are. But besides that, nothing really on my radar as of now. Next, we got from my dude Hydro. He writes, what's good, Big Dells? Hope all is well with your wife and the kids. Thank you, homie. I appreciate you. And then he writes, do you think the Jordan 11 prom night looks like the 72 and 10 11s? I think it looks like the 72 and 10 11s, but with elements of the, let's say, the gamma 11s without the bright hits on it. In my opinion... For $220 for an all-black sneaker, I'm good, man. That's like a no-look pass for me. That's just me, though. I mean, you know, some people are going to like them, and they're going to want them, and that's totally fine. But me, I just, I'm so content with what I own right now. Like, while I'm recording this in my sneaker room, I was going to say studio, but I don't even think I could consider it a studio. I'm looking at over 400 pairs of sneakers surrounding me, and... I'm content with them, you know? I'm like, I'm happy where I'm at right now. So, I'm pretty good. It's like, I'm, I ate enough food right now. I'm I'm good, you know? 
<laughs> so I'm passing a lot. You know, people still say, oh, would you like to try this? Would you like to try this? Would you like to eat this? Nah, I'm good. I, I ate plenty. I'm good. That's just where I'm at right now. Until something comes around where I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll take a little bit of this. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with this, you know. <laughs> I'm bugging. Excuse me. Then he writes, who would you think would be a good coach for the Knicks? Mark Jackson or Kenny Smith? I'll go with Mark Jackson, hands down. I think that I think that the Golden State Warriors did that man really dirty. I don't know why they had to bring in Steve Kerr. I don't get that. Like, what the fuck was wrong with what Mark Jackson was doing? I mean, he was on point. Yes, they weren't getting to where the owners expected them to be, but they... Would have the next year. I think that it really doesn't have to do with Steve Kerr's coaching. It has to do with the team just being perfect as far as the chemistry. They're just, everything's aligned up where it's just magic. You know, they are just magic on the court. And I think that it really didn't matter if it was Mark Jackson or if it was Steve Kerr as the coach. They still would have done the damn thing. Of course, you need a good coach. But I feel like Mark Jackson would have done just as good of a job as Steve Kerr. And I feel like it's kind of fucked up, like how he, like, is like back to being an announcer and he's like announcing these games and shit. Like I feel bad for Mark Jackson when he's doing these games, calling the games and he's with Jeff Van Gundy and them and it's gotta be frustrating as hell, like thinking that man, you should be having some rings on your fingers right now, but you don't. And I hope to see Mark Jackson coaching again. Cause I think he was doing a good job. I thought that he got the shitty end of the stick. I thought it was pretty foul what happened to him. And I'm a New York guy. I grew up watching the Knicks. As much as I love Michael Jordan and I was rooting for Michael Jordan all the time, I was still rooting for the Knicks too because they were always on TV. They're always on MSG TV. So I'd always watch the Knicks. I'd watch the Knicks more than I'd watch the Bulls because they were always on TV. I would always watch the Knicks. You know, we're talking back in the days when Mark Jackson was playing on the Knicks. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> as far as Kenny Smith, I don't know if he'd be good or not. I, you know, we'll see if that ever comes to the light. But I'd prefer Mark Jackson coach the team over Kenny because we know Mark Jackson can deliver. We've seen it. He just he didn't get a fair shake, in my opinion. Next, we got from Graham Chung. He writes, "What do I think about the superstar shakeup?" I kind of feel like. SmackDown got the better end of the deal on it. I mean, they got a lot of great stars that are over right now. You got Jeff Hardy, who is now the U.S. champion, and he is over on SmackDown. He won the night before on Raw, defeating Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal was basically a transitional champion to get the belt to Jeff Hardy, and they did a smooth transaction getting him the belt, and then bringing him over to SmackDown. But I'm a little disappointed with that because of the fact that I really liked the promo they did the week before. I was speaking about it on last week's podcast. And definitely check out last week's podcast. It was really good. Great questions. All of them are really good. So if you're just tuning in and you missed out on some of them, listen to all of them because you're going to enjoy them. I guarantee if you love this one, You'll enjoy the other ones. I like where this is going. I, I feel like this may be one of the best ones. I, I like the energy that's going on, the questions. So, um, you know, this one so far, I like how it's vibing. But, uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy, I really liked being on the same side as Matt Hardy. But I guess they wanted to split them up. And now Jeff's going to have a 
good solo run. I mean, he's got the belt right now, so that's a good look. I still think Jeff is one of the greatest in WWE. I mean, he is so impressive in the ring still. He is just as good as everyone else. It's amazing. He is, I think, 40 years old, 41, and he's moving the way he's moving and jumping off the fucking ropes like that, the swan tom bomb. And it's just amazing, man. I mean, out of all the wrestlers out there, you got to be impressed by him. You know, someone like RVD still does it, but RVD, I don't know, it's just like, he's one of my favorites too, RVD, but with Jeff, Jeff just got the whole package, man. I mean, he's just just such a rock star, man, in the ring, and even when he talks, I just love his whole personality and everything, and I'm, I'm happy to see him doing well. I know he had a little situation, which we're not going to talk about that. This podcast, we try to avoid... Um, like all these other wrestling podcasts where they kind of just always pulling up the dirt and shit like that and not just talking about the positive things. Yes, I will shit on things. I will drop a number two all over something, but that's not my motive. I like to praise people, let them smell the roses while they're alive, and that's basically what I feel like doing like right now in this situation with Jeff Hardy he's just such a great great talent and I'm happy that he's doing well I really really am because you know he's one of my faves so as disappointed as I am that he went to Smackdown leaving his brother and Wyatt because I love that whole promo with the three of them and then you've seen Finn and you've seen um the heck is his name Seth Rollins with them when just looking at him all strange after I mean, to me, the best promo of 2018 by far so far. Maybe even in the past couple of years. Just so, so funny. But I liked it. I thought that was cool. I'm trying to think what else. We got Asuka, which uh, I'm just worried about what they're doing with Asuka now. We'll see how the future is with Asuka. They got Samoa Joe. I'm pretty sure they got Gallus and Anderson. Big Cass. Which was strange. Him feuding with Daniel Bryan. I mean, the man just got back from a damn injury. And you're going to put him up against someone that's so fucking over. I mean, who's more over than Daniel Bryan? The crowd's just, yes, yes, go nuts, you know, with the yes chance. And then you're going to put him back in the company. First time seeing him in damn what, how long has it been? Almost a year, if not a year. And you're going to put him next to Daniel Bryan? What the hell are you guys trying to do are you trying to just completely bury this dude six feet under because you're basically doing that by putting him next to daniel fucking brian so stupid so you know i'm not really understanding their motive their plans with what they're with what they're doing um and i hope that they don't mess up things with oscar that's one thing i really really hope uh, we got the bar, which is now uh, with the uh, SmackDown 2. I'm a fan of the bar. Some people don't like them. I do. I think they're awesome. And we also have, as the GM, we have Paige. And I'm not mad at that. Some people don't like Paige. I like Paige. I, I do like her. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I like her um, home videos. They're real good. <laughs> No, I, I like Paige. I think she's good, man. Speaking about Paige, what's up with that movie that's coming out about her life? I mean, it looks like such a corny movie, like something that you would see like on the Red Box or like something on Netflix. What is that? What is The Rock getting himself involved with? I mean, it just did not seem like a real movie that we're going to see in the theaters. Even the casting for it. I just, you know, I hate to be negative, but I mean... 
they kept playing it over and over again. And to me, it's cringeworthy. It's damn what cringeworthy that that uh, first commercial, the teaser that we keep seeing. They keep playing it for us so much. But only time will tell. It's still very early. We'll see how it all goes down. We'll see next week. The Miz will be on SmackDown. I wish that he brought the Mizdarage with him. I don't know why they got to separate him with the Mizdarage because they are so good together. And Miz needs to have like backup characters to play, you know, to cut to do his thing with. He's kind of like how Matt Hardy is with the broken gimmick. You know, it wasn't really hitting so well on WWE, but once you started seeing all of the supporting characters around him, it was working. And that's kind of how it is with The Miz. He needs to have Maurice, or he needs to have The Miz-Darage. Remember back then, he had um, Damian Sandow. They had the whole Miz-Dow thing. He is just fantastic when he has a supporting cast, people around him, working with him. He just nails it. So hopefully WWE realizes that he needs to have someone with him, you know, and his wife is busy, I'm sure, home with the baby. But they're going to have to have him teamed up with someone. Maybe it'll be the bar. That could be it. We'll see. Only time will tell. We're going to talk more about wrestling. But before I forget, I got to shout out two of my favorite podcasts on the planet. We've got the Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. They're on every Monday night after Raw. Go to DonTony.com. I've been listening to them, no joke, for almost a decade. No lie. That's a long time. And if I'm listening to them and you're listening to me, you probably are going to love them. So check them out every Monday night, DonTony.com. Go there after Raw and you will love their podcast. Shout out to both of those guys, especially Don Tony. Such a great dude. And... Also, make sure to check out Wrestling Soup. Shout out to Mish, shout out to Joey Numbers, and shout out to John Draper. They are on Thursday nights. Check them out, WrestlingSoup.com. Check both of those guys out. Now, next, we definitely got to speak about the loss of the legend, Bruno San Martino. Now, I was such a young boy when I found out about Bruno San Martino. He was basically the introduction to me knowing about wrestling. You know, I grew up as a little boy watching Hogan and watching Roddy Piper and Macho Man. But you see, I would go to school and they would have the book fairs. I'm sure we all remember them. They're still going on now because I got kids and they asked me, Oh, Daddy, I need money for the book fair. So it's still going down to this day. But I used to always look for wrestling books no lie when i was a little little boy i would go and look for the wrestling books and read about dusty Rhodes and read about all these old school wrestlers like andre the giant even before he was you know in wwf and read about especially bruno san martino and i even had the wrestling doll figure it was like a rubber wrestler i had the bruno san martino man it was one of my favorites with the ring and everything i used to have like a like a plastic bag like a big shopping bag and i'd have all of my wrestling figures and they were old old motherfucking wrestling figures i mean i'm talking about just a rubber cast and you just bend them and whatnot and, man, I just remember always using the Bruno San Martino and have him wrestle against King Kong Bundy. 
And you know, I'm surprised no one uses the five count no more. Speaking about King Kong Bundy, for heads that don't know about him, he used to do a five count where he would have the rest, he would have the ref count to five. So it'd be like one, two, three, and he would be like, come on, keep going, four, five. And he would have a five count. And I think that someone needs to use that gimmick, you know, bring it back to life because I thought that was dope. Maybe even a Braun Strowman because. I mean, that was awesome. The five count was just, like, really impressive. I mean, I always popped for that as a kid. That, or, like, you know, when they're counting, one, two, and then the wrestler would just pull him up. Nah, we're not done with you yet, you know, and, and still fuck him up more. Like, Braun should be doing both of those things. It would get over so crazy with the crowd. But getting back to Bruno San Martino, yeah, I, I mean, I did so much research as a kid, and it's not like now, like, People that are younger, they got the internet, so it's so much easier to do stuff. But back when I was a kid, you know, in the 80s and 90s, you, you had to actually buy stuff. You know, whether it was the magazines or the books, there wasn't internet like that. So I remember reading the books and learning about these wrestlers from back in the days. You know, even Ric Flair, you know, and all these old, old dudes. And Bruno San Martino is one of the best ever, a legend. And it's sad to me that he hasn't gotten the press that I feel he deserves as someone who's such a legend. It was nice that I seen something with Madison Square Garden because he held the belt for like so damn long back in the days. You know, when you were the champ back, back in the days. And I'm talking about, I mean, I was super young. You know, I was, I was just so obsessed with it when I was a kid and I would just do my research. I would just be so into it. We wouldn't even call it research. It was just being a fan, just being a fanatic, you know, just loving something so much. So I do everything to just try to get more and more and more. And man, I just, I just feel like it should be more all over the internet. I just, it's a shame. It's just a shame. I feel like nowadays people are just all focused on tomorrow and what's going on right now and not what has happened and not praising people from the past. And it's, Something that I hope that we need to like work on as people, like we can't just forget about the past because the past is beautiful. It's what makes the present, you know, and uh, it's really disappointing to see that I feel like Bruno San Martino isn't getting enough love out there. I just, that's me. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys are seeing it and I'm not, but I'm not seeing that and it's kind of a bummer, but I definitely wanted to speak about him. Rest in peace to Bruno San Martino, one of the greatest ever. I'm glad that he worked everything out with WWE, became a Hall of Famer. We got to see him a couple of years ago, and, you know, he lived a decent life. He died, I think, 82 years old, somewhere around there. That's a pretty good life, I would say. I mean, I, I know of people that are way younger that has died, a lot of people, so I think 82 is a good number right there. I mean, if I live till I'm 82, I'll be happy with that. I'd be happy if I lived to 60. I, I want to live as long as possible because I have kids, though. Let's not get it twisted. But, um, you know, let's hope we all live a long, long life. My prayers to the family and friends of Bruno San Martino. Staying on wrestling, we've got to talk about Rusev and Lana. They were recently interviewed by TMZ. Speaking about this upcoming match in the Middle East, it's going to be Rusev versus The Undertaker in a coffin match. And they were asking him a whole bunch of questions on it. And Rusev was basically saying that he's going to win. It's Rusev Day all day. He was in character. It was great. Real confident. Real fun. And it seems like he's getting a lot of heat for it. I don't understand what the hell they expect from this man. I mean, he's supposed to be 
the opponent. So why would he act not like an opponent? Why would he just put over Taker? Like, that makes no sense to me. He should be exactly how he was, that he's the best, he's the man. You know he's not going to win. He's not going to put Taker in the coffin. We all know that's not going to happen. So I don't know where all this heat is coming from. I really like the interview. Definitely check it out. It's on YouTube. Just search Lana... Uh, Rusev, TMZ, Taker, Undertaker, you know, it'll come up. It's definitely a must-see. Or go to myspizot.com, myspizot2z's.com. It's on that blog. I'm a co-finder of that blog. It's a lot of pop, it's a lot of pop culture. I don't plug it a lot, but definitely check it out. You should go there every day. There's usually a lot of cool stuff on there from comedy to wrestling to hip-hop to fashion. So check out that blog when you get a chance. I should plug it more, but I just don't. But I just find it amazing how he is getting heat for doing what he should do. I mean, can you imagine if he was just like, oh, I'm going to lose. You know, Undertaker is... Do I have a chance against Undertaker? Come on, man. Like, he's supposed to be acting the way he does. It's so dumb. It's amazing how much BS. I just don't get, like, why Rusev isn't pushed more, too. Like, he is so over right now. And they're just missing the boat on him. If he goes independent and joins like the Bullet Club or something, he's going to get so much damn money. He may make more money than in WWE because of the fact that he probably sell more merchandise and make more money per piece. I mean, I wonder how much money they make per shirt compared to if he went independent. I'm sure he would make more money. Rusev Day is popping. It's just, it's fun, man. It's real fun. And... The crowd likes interaction. That's why the yes chant was so big. And that's what helped Daniel Bryan propel not only his talent. You know, of course, his talent is there. But also the chanting. It's like the fans nowadays, they go to the crowds. They're like, damn what, cheerleaders. They just want to chant shit all day. They just want to chant, chant, chant. Like like some damn cheerleaders. You know, when it comes to Rusev, I liked the interview. I thought it was great. even called him old and... That's what he's supposed to do because you know he's going to lose. So it's kind of like proving him wrong. I just, <laughs> something I just wanted to talk about real quickly. Definitely that interview. And I liked how Lana was. Lana's a real ride or die chick. You can tell the kind of chick she is. She really is going to stand by her man. I like chicks like that, man. Definitely. All right, let's get back to some more Q&A. We're going to keep it with Graham Chung. He writes, what's up with Adidas? How do they combat against Nike and jab back? Seems like they're lazy calling on creators to help them. He keeps getting all these kind of notifications on Twitter. And then he talks about the whole design process with Sockney. Now that I got a taste of it, what's my thoughts on everything with that? And then also be good and keep battling prayers up still. Thank you so, so much. Uh, today was... Um, a wild day, actually. Speaking of, you know, what what's going on with me with the prayers up, my wife actually had to get a, a scan today to see if she has any more cancer. So everyone, keep praying. Hopefully, everything is good and there's no cancer anywhere else on our body. So um, I appreciate all your prayers and I appreciate all your support here, man, because you know it's it means the world to me and I need I really need it. I really need that support. And the prayers from you guys. Now, getting to what you're speaking about, I do feel like Nike is really coming back, man. Like, 
they really are delivering. I see that that new shoe, the React shoe. It's getting a little buzz out there. I've seen that buzz. Plus, the Vapor Max is really popping. I mean, it was a shoe that, as more people start wearing it and start breaking them in, really starting to love that damn sneaker. And I really do, because I made fun of the shoe at first. I tried it on at the store, shot a quick video, and I was like, yo, these things feel like cleats. I feel like I'm walking on some damn plastic bottles. I even did a spoof video taping bottles to my feet. If you haven't seen that video, just search how to make your own Vapor Max DJ Dells. You got to see the video if you haven't seen it yet. You'll laugh your ass off, hopefully. I think you will, though. <laughs> yeah, they're doing their thing. Even the LeBron line is popping right now. I mean, it came back heavy once they started hitting us with some of them colors and them concepts. Started hitting us with that fire for our feet, that bong, bong, bong. I like it. I like what they're doing. They got a lot going on right now, and honestly... They are coming back, man. They coming back, man. They, you know, uppercutting up that hill. Bang. They just really doing it. And Adidas, I feel like they're still doing it. But I'm seeing a lot of things on Twitter and on social media. Like, ah, oh, the NMDs have played out and this, that, and the third. Now, the problem is that Adidas has been kind of running with the hype, you know, with the Kanye West shit. So now that Kanye's like, you know, they've been putting out so many shoes with Kanye the hype is still there because the money's still there because the resellers are still getting that guap. But at the same time, people are kind of getting over some of the shit with the boost. But that's the hype beast in the sneaker community. The everyday consumer, they're still buying boost shoes because boost is the bomb. Boost is the shit. I will always love Boost. It is something that has replaced Nike Air for a lot of people. I wouldn't say for me, but I really still prefer Boost over Air. I really do in the past few years. I mean, the Ultra Boost is a modern day classic. It's been out for a little bit now, and I really feel like you can call it a classic. It will always be around. It's Adidas's Air Max, basically. That's my opinion. And you could agree with me, you could disagree with me. Please leave all this in the comments. Interact with me while you're listening to this on the Patreon over at patreon.com backslash DJ Dells. Interact with your motherfucking boy. Because that's what the beauty of it is. It's a lot of interaction. Some people are members and I don't see no interaction. That's why it's so great over here. Because you can leave comments. You could always interact when you're listening to the podcast. And hit me with a question while you're listening to it. Or put your opinion on it. It's that next level shit. You you know, you download the app. You can listen to it on your phone. You link it up on your car. You can link it up on some headphones. It, just do your thing while you're listening to it, you know, because we all busy. We got shit going on. But sometimes it's really nice to listen to a podcast while you're doing things. And that's why I love, I love podcasts. I listen to as many as I can. And it's the greatest shit ever, man. It really is. So... Get into what you're saying. Adidas, they just need to... I don't know what they need to do. They just need to, I guess, stump me for a second. I'm, I gotta think for a second. I know you guys don't want to wait to like see how long it's going to take for me to think about this. But, you know, they just got to deliver something new, you know? That's really what it comes down to. They got to deliver something new. Or they got to hit us with something that's going to be on the shelves that we can buy on a regular basis. That's new. That's the new wave. Because that's what's going down with fucking Nike right now, man. You could buy a lot of these shoes that are popping right now. So they need to make that happen. 
They need to rejuvenate the Ultra Boost. Give us a new wave when it comes to the Ultra Boost. But don't switch it up too crazy. Like, still give us the same shit. I wish they would holler at me to do a collaboration. I, you know, I used to be so good with Adidas. No lie, they'd send me a pair of shoes every single week. Once they signed with Kanye West, man, they forgot about Dells. It's like forgot about Dre. They forgot about Dells. No lie, every week. Ding dong! They sent me a package. Ding dong! Free shoes every week. It was like Christmas every week. And I appreciate it. I don't want to sound like I don't appreciate that because it's gone and I'm complaining. I'm happy for what I got. You know, sometimes people feel like, oh, he gave me some. Now I want more. And now I want more. And now I want more. Like, be happy for what you got for free. The gift you got for free. Like, I appreciate the gifts I got for free. But... You know, once they signed with Kanye West, they got stingy, man. They stopped fucking with me. They used to send me everything early, too. Bong, bong, bong. Yo, Christmas time, they sent me gift cards. They used to buy mad shit. You know, the Yeezy, the Doves, I got them shits from Adidas. I never said it publicly, but I'll say it on my podcast, which is private, because you have to be a member. It's an exclusive circle. You know, this is extended fam right here. I got my Adidas from adidas i got the yeezy adidas 350 doves from adidas i have two pairs of yeezys ones i got from one i got from adidas i won't say who because i will not go there i promise do not mention my name but it is a big dog in the game and i'll give you a clue he follows me i follow him and he's a big dog in the game so you know you can figure that out yourself if you'd like but i got one from him and i also got one from Chic shoes. They gave me a free pair of black pirates. I mean, free. For real. That was good times, man. I used to get a lot of free fucking shoes, man. And it was amazing. But Adidas, man, they just... Once Kanye West, once the ink dried, my shit dried, man. They stopped hooking me up with free shoes. Once in a blue moon, I'll get a pair of Adidas like once a year, man. I don't know if I said something. I may have said something. Because I don't bite my tongue. I just say what I want to say. I miss getting them free shoes from Adidas, but for Adidas to spring back, they just got to keep doing what they're doing, but do a little more, you know, and um, I'd love to do a collaboration with Adidas. I would love for Adidas running to let me do like an ultra boost or something. Matter of fact, at Adidas running, at Adidas Originals, and at Wex 1200, W-E-X 1200, and say... Please have DJ Dells do a collaboration with Adidas. He has been a supporter for so long. He got me wearing Adidas. Say all that shit. <laughs> Hopefully we can get a fucking DJ Dells Adidas shoe. I really want an Adidas shoe to come out eventually before I die that I worked on. A uh, Reebok shoe to come out before I die that I worked on. A Fila shoe to come out. Before I die that I could work on. A New Balance also. And a Puma shoe. Those are projects I really want. Of course a Nike and an Air Jordan. But those dudes they work with athletes. I'm no damn athlete you know. Yeah that's what I would dream about. If I could ever design like a Jordan 6. That would be sick too man. I mean I could do so much cool shit. I Man I, I have a Saucony that I wanted to put out. And I was working on trying to get that happening. With someone that was working at Adidas. That left and went over to Yeezy. He works for Yeezy brand. He works for them. So I fucking missed, man, on this project. It was such a cool project. This idea 
the shoe was kind of plain Jane, but it was all about the packaging and it was fun, man. It was really going to be a fun thing, but it didn't work out. Hopefully I could do that concept with another brand because it'll be fun. It'll be exciting and it'll be something really like cool to unbox, especially for the YouTube unboxers or even if you're not filming it. It was just a super fun idea, but you know, I'm going to save them, man. The ideas are stored. We got a lot of ideas. I got so many damn ideas and I hope they come to life. I really do. Cause I want to, I just, the thing is I love sneakers so much that I want to create what I know I would like. Cause I think a lot of people also would like it. So that's my whole thing. Let's get some more Q&A next. We got from Incognito. He writes, I know you've had roles in movies and shows. Which movie or show do you think you enjoyed being involved with the most? Uh, let's see. There were so many that I worked on. I mean, so many. I would say the first one was really a thrill. It was this movie called Changing Lanes. And Samuel Jackson... And, damn, what the hell is his name? Ben Affleck, yeah. Ben Affleck was in the movie. I was in this one scene in this elevator in the beginning in the courthouse. And I was also working on another scene, but you don't see me. I'm just (laughs) an extra walking in the rain on that part where they had, like, these big sprinklers that were, like, enormous that spinned around over Ben Affleck in his car. And... We, I would just walk past the car, just swipe the car. That's what they call it on film. Like with shooting movies, you'd swipe the camera, walk past the camera and swipe. During the takes, I would just sit in the car with Ben Affleck. He would smoke cigarettes. I think he was smoking camels. And he had a Boston accent. It was so strange because I didn't know he had a Boston accent. I wasn't that big of a fan of him where I knew exactly like everything about him where he's from and whatnot but um yeah he had a boston accent and i was talking to him he was super cool but i was such a huge fan of samuel L. jackson so it was really cool to be in that movie and once in a while i'll get people that tweet me and they'll be like dude did i just see you in changing lanes and i'm like yeah i was in there i mean it was fun back in the days uh i really love that i was on the Chappelle show because it's such an iconic classic comedy and just being in there where you can actually even hear my voice as an interviewer and I'm asking Dave Chappelle who's dressed as Yoda I'm like uh, at a press conference in a suit I had hair at the time if you have never seen it before just look for the Star Wars episode on the first season and you'll see me I'm wearing a suit I'm pretty sure it's a blue shirt I'm wearing and I'm sitting next to a girl reporter on the front row or the second to front row and you see us interview him as Yoda him as Samuel L. Jackson and it's just you know it will always be classic you know I wasn't like in the scene where I got credit for it but I was a reporter in it where people that know me they'll they'll always be able to see that and it's fun you know I wasn't a star in the scene or anything but you hear me as a press guy, and it, it was really cool. So that was one of the cool ones. Another one was Anger Management, which was interesting because it was at the old Yankee Stadium. Anger Management was with Jack Nicholson, Marissa Tomei, and Adam Sandler. And in the scene in Yankee Stadium, Adam Sandler is going to propose to Marissa Tomei 
they picked about, I think it was like 15 of us to be around Rudy Giuliani for this one scene. And it was a three-day shoot because they had to get all the different angles. You got to keep in mind, when they're shooting, they got to shoot different angles. They got to shoot one principal actor, then the other principal actor. They got to turn the camera around, then they got to get a wide shot of both of the characters, and they got to get a real wide shot. There's so many different shots. So, you know, you don't realize how much of a process it is to shoot one measly scene until you actually get on set. It's a 12 to 16-hour day. It's a long, long day. But we were over in Yankee Stadium, and I had one of my friends with me that was also booked for the movie, and we had a blast, man. We brought in, like, a little bottle of Hennessy every time, and we'd get real nice. It was such a fun time. It was just a really, really good time. A lot of people were walking in just to check it out. I remember uh, hanging out with Chuck Zito. I remember talking to Jack Nicholson. He gave me a Yankees hat. It was pretty cool. One of my friends, shout out to Kevin, he actually works a lot with directors. And what his job is, is he has these playback screens. So whenever the director wants to get a playback and watch what they just shot, he plays it. During the takes, during the breaks, he'd be like, come over here. You know, I met like Marissa Tomei. She was such a sweetheart, beautiful woman. I mean, she's older now, but still beautiful, man. I met um, Woody Harrelson outside of Yankee Stadium because he was also in a scene. And it was funny because he asked me for a pen because um, this girl was trying to get his number. I'm pretty sure he was trying to get her number. And he was like, excuse me, you have a pen? And I was like, let me check. You know, I didn't even think of looking at his face. I was just trying to be nice. And then I realized, oh, shit, it's Woody Harrelson. So it was cool. I met Woody Harrelson. I didn't meet Adam Sandler, who I'm a big fan of. I don't like his newer movies, but his older movies are classics. Happy Gilmore and what else we got? Waterboy. All those older movies I loved, you know. He had a nice run, I would say. And Anger Management was a good movie. I think Anger Management is worth checking out if you haven't watched it yet. And you could actually see me in that scene, too, at the end of Anger Management. I'm wearing a Yankees jersey. You won't miss me. You definitely won't miss me if you watch the movie. I'm at the last scene where they're at Yankee Stadium, and I do have hair in the movie. I still can grow hair, by the way. I just shave my head because I just like being a baldy. I like being Team Baldy. But, you know, those were some of them. I mean, there were so many that I worked on. I worked on Law & Order. There was great times working on Law & Order. The regular Law & Order, the SVU was cool, too. Uh, I remember once I was working on Law & Order SVU, and I worked on it so many times that I became cool with Ice-T. And I remember when Ice-T one day, we were in holding. And holding is basically where everyone just hangs out till they're ready to shoot. And they have like catering and stuff like that. They feed you pretty damn good, especially if you're in a union, which I ended up getting into later on. I ended up becoming a member of SAG. And that was because I got featured in a few things. But... I remember Ice-T introducing me to his new girlfriend, Coco. Yes, Coco, who we ended up marrying. They got kids, you know. Coco. This is my girlfriend, Coco. And we were hanging out. And then later on, he played me some new hip-hop music he had. The only reason why I say new hip-hop music is because he also has the Body Count group where he has like a metal band and whatnot. But... He was playing me a bunch of music with him, and I think it was Trigger the Gambler and a bunch of other stuff that he had going on. And this was, 
you know, a good 10 years ago. It, it, it was fun, man. It was cool because I was a little kid, man, listening to, uh, you know, OG, original, gangster, like all that shit, man, the colors. And, it's crazy, like, when you meet these people that you listen to as a kid and now you're, like, getting paid working where they are, working with them. It's really freaking cool. I worked on so many episodes of Law and Order. I get a lot of people, like, at least once a month that hits me up. They're like, Dells, were you on Law and Order just now? I'm like, probably, because I've worked on probably, like, 30 episodes of Law and Order. I used to always go and work there, because it was only, like, a 15-minute away drive to work and meet cool people, and it was fun, man. It was a lot of fun, especially the girls. There was so many banging girls, man. Just like, inspiring actresses that were extras. And, you know, it was a great place to meet girls. Like, for real, back in the days. I'm trying to think what else. Uh, I met Uma Thurman on a movie once. And it was at this, like, party. It was, like, a party in Brooklyn. The scene was... I forgot what the movie was. And it was crazy because... Stretch Armstrong, who DJed for this classic radio show in New York called 89 Tech 9. It was a classic radio show where back in the days they broke a lot of rappers. Like Jay Z would go there before he had a deal and freestyle and like Biggie Smalls. And it was like a cult classic. It would come on like at one in the morning to like four in the morning on Thursday nights. And I remember being so tired on Fridays. And just trying to stay up to listen to it. But I would record it at the same time. So I'd listen to it the next day. Whatever I missed and everything. Because they would play like mad exclusives. Like he would get all the exclusives. Because he helped break so many artists. Stretch Armstrong and Bobito. And it was really really cool to meet him. Because he was the DJ in that scene. So that was really dope. I met Al Pacino on this independent movie. Al Pacino and Kim Basinger. They had a, like an independent movie, and I was their waiter. It was pretty funny, and it's an indie movie. I I gotta search for it. I'm sure I can find it online somewhere. I actually I wasn't a waiter. I was a busboy. Excuse me. But I remember Al Pacino, man. When I seen him, I was thinking to myself, and this was a long time ago, so I can only imagine now. And it's no disrespect to Al Pacino because I love him. I mean, he's such a great actor, but. I remember looking at Al Pacino and just thinking, damn, man, he looks so old. Like, it's crazy how old Al Pacino looks. And then I was, and then I remember looking at Kim Basinger and I was looking at her and I was like, damn, this may be the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And I never was, like, I never, and I never had a thing for Kim Basinger. You know, like, you got a thing for certain actresses. Like, oh, that's, you know, that's, she makes the list, you know, Jericho style. She's fire. But, when I seen her in person, I was like, yo, this is one of the baddest chicks on the planet in person. Because sometimes you see people in person, they look better. Some people they, some people you see in person, they don't look as good. And that was the case for Al Pacino. Like, I wasn't checking him out, but he just looked really old. And um, it was really amazing seeing Al. And he tripped and one part of the scene and fell. And I laughed. I, could, I did laugh. I'm sorry. I mean, uh, call me what you want. Call me crazy, call me an ass, but I giggled a little. And everyone turned to me, man. It was crazy. I just I couldn't help myself. The shit was funny, man, when he tripped, man. He tripped on one of the wires. He didn't hurt himself. If he, like, hurt himself where he, like, had to go in the ambulance, would have been a different story. But it was shit was funny, man. Fuck it. The shit was fucking funny, man. You see Al Pacino trip on a fucking wire. You know, you, you can't believe you're even around him. And then you see him fucking trip on a wire. It's funny, man. To me it is, whatever.
don't judge me. <laughs> and uh, the coolest, hands down, was I worked on this movie, analyzed that, and the scene was in Rikers Island, and Robert De Niro, I got to spend two days with in Rikers Island in this scene. I'm so mad I wasn't in the scene that they cut from the movie, and it wasn't on the Blu-ray, too. But I was with Al Pacino for two fucking days, man. I got multiple pictures with him. Thank God I took pictures with him, because I thought I would be in the movie, but I wasn't. And it was such an amazing time, man. And, you know, when I met Al Pacino, I called him Mr. Pacino, and he's like, don't call me Mr. Pacino. I said, I'm sorry, Robert. And then he goes, don't call me Robert. My friends call me Bobby. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Am I dreaming? Like, someone pitch me, you know? Pitch my arm. This is crazy right here. This dude is telling me to call him Bobby? Are you fucking serious right now? It was amazing. Like, I got so many different stories. I mean, I could go on and do a whole podcast on them, but, you know, cool times, man. Real, real cool times. Uh, the Chappelle show was definitely a trip because when I worked on the Chappelle show, I was just such a fan of Half-Baked, and I didn't know that show was going to be as big as it was. No one did. They were just beginning to shoot. I think it was the seventh episode that they filmed, you know, and they were still filming. Like, it was so fresh and new, and it's such a big show. It's, like, classic. It's a fucking classic. So, it's pretty damn cool, man. Definitely pretty damn cool. And, damn, my page round went down. Okay, here we go. And, um... And the last question is, it's 420. As I ask this, so what is the best stoner movie? Hands down, Half-Baked. Half-Baked is the best stoner movie. I wish they did a Half-Baked too. I mean, I doubt they could do it anymore. They're so much older now, but Half-Baked is just a classic, man. And also, the Cheech and Chong movies are. I mean, I loved the Cheech and Chong movies as a kid. I loved watching them, so... Those are two. Let me know yours. Leave that in the comment box, everyone. What's your favorite stoner movies? There's a lot of great ones, but I honestly think number one, even over Cheech and Chong, is definitely Half-Baked. It was just such a classic, and I could still watch it to this day, and it's still like not looking old school to me. It's such a funny-ass movie. Gotta also mention How High. How High was so great. How did they not release a sequel to Red Man and Method Man's How High? I mean, I don't understand what the hell happened with that. There was rumors they were going to come out with like a reboot of a Police Academy type of movie. For those that have no clue about Police Academy, the young bucks out there, watch Police Academy. It's a great old school classic that about six or seven movies and it was really funny, man. Really, really funny. I highly recommend watching Police Academy, but... Nothing happened after the first Red Man and Meth Man movie. It was a success. It's a cult classic. And it's definitely up there for a 420 movie also. It has to be mentioned. I'm sure I'm, mentioned, I'm, sure I'm forgetting a bunch of others though. And we're going to end this podcast right here. I think we covered a lot of great topics. Thank you for tuning in. If you never picked up the Sneaker Addict t-shirt, make sure to check out ProWrestlingTees.com backslash DJ Dells. Pick up the newest t-shirts. They ship worldwide. Fit through the size over at ProWrestlingTees.com. If you know anyone that would enjoy this podcast, tell them about it. Tell them, I, I really think you will love this podcast and recommend it to people. A lot of people asked, how can I help you? 
that's how you can help me. Plus, watch the videos. And when you watch the videos, always thumbs up the video and share it. Share it even on your Facebook, man. Even Some people think, oh, I don't have a lot of people that follow me on social media. But you still have people that follow you, man. And, you know, if I can get another person to watch, that's important to me. The more people that check me out, the better. I hope everyone stays as a Patreon member because I really have a lot of fun doing this. So thank you to everyone. If um, there's anything you want me to speak about next week, just make sure to stay tuned for that post. Leave your questions over on the next post when I post that. You know, what do you guys want me to speak about next? And I try to post it on Monday or Tuesday. And if you miss out and you realize it's Wednesday, Thursday, come back and never feel like you're leaving too many questions. Go ahead, leave topics. You know, I want to give you guys what you want to listen to and the more interactive you are with me the better the show is so if you're listening right now you're never interactive just let me know you're listening you know by liking it and leaving a comment and something like that you know just let me know and give me feedback so i can keep you guys around and keep you entertained i want to entertain you i love to entertain that's my whole thing i've done it all my life from djing to doing the little acting shit and to doing the youtube thing it's just what i love to do i love to have fun make you guys have fun too and laugh and you know be entertained that's just a, a great thing so everyone have a great day thanks for tuning in if for some reason once again you are not listening to this on patreon join patreon.com backslash dj dells we out.